Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is our favorite time of the year. Uh, Slade and I are here to begin our college football season preview for the 2023 season. Uh, college football is, is you know, we, we've said it before. We'll say it every time. This is one of our favorite sports to watch year in, year out. Uh, and I think the 2023 season is going to be a memorable one, even better than what 2022 was. There's a lot of changes coming uh, in the, you know, the horizon for 2024, but also this season as well. Uh, so we're going to make sure we get you guys ready with all of that stuff. And as always, like we did last season, we're going to break down every conference individually. Uh, today, we're going to do a group of five conferences. Uh, we're going to break down all five today in one episode. And then from here on out, the Power Fives will get their own episode individually. Uh, but, I mean, there's still a lot to talk about here. With a group of five schools, you have the American, you have the Conference USA, you have the Sun Belt, you have Mountain West, uh, and you have the MAC Conference. And we're going to talk about each and every one of them. Uh, before we get into the individual conferences, let's talk about some of the schools that have moved around. Uh, we have three schools that left the group of five altogether, leaving the American Conference. That is Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. They are all going over and joining the Big 12. Uh, joining the American Conference from Conference USA, uh, we have Charlotte, FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA. So uh, U the Conference USA is losing a lot. Uh, but as we're going to talk about here in a minute, I feel like they've done a nice job replacing what they have lost. Uh, there's still a lot to talk on the horizon about, you know, some schools possibly possibly leaving the Mountain West, heading to the Pac-12. Um, not exactly sure what's shaking out in that situation yet. Uh, but the teams joining Conference USA this year are Liberty, New Mexico State, Jacksonville State, and Sam Houston State. Uh, Jacksonville and Sam Houston are coming up from FCS, uh, and Liberty and New Mexico State are joining from the Independent League. Um and so this will be Liberty's first time being in a conference at all since they've joined FBS. Uh, and New Mexico State hasn't been in a conference since 2017. Um, and so, so I just want to get your, your opinion real quick. Who, who do you think is the biggest move there? Um, obviously, the, we know the big three leaving. We're going to talk about those with the Big 12 in a couple of weeks. But joining, uh, who would you say, in your opinion, is probably the biggest mover that you see or, or the team you're most excited to see in a new conference? Yeah, I mean, I think UTSA had a great season last year, and then moving over is is going to be a, a big change for them. But I also think that it's a great change. It's a chance for them to kind of go from being one of those top teams uh, in the CUSA to coming over and literally being able to hit the ground running and, and being able to compete over um, in the American League. Uh, that, that was the big one that I had thought about. Uh, I got to say that the next few years until like 2026, I'm assuming that these conference changes are going to continue to to happen for the next like three, four years, uh, just with contracts ending and stuff like that. Uh, it's going to be really confusing to, to, to really be able to track, but yeah, I think UTSA, uh, I was really big on Northern Texas at the end of the year last year, just because I was just trying to go with every Texas team. But, uh, yeah, I think that both those teams going over a great addition to the American league. Yeah, I think uh, North Texas, along with UTSA, is going to be a lot of fun to watch there. Obviously, North Texas lost to UTSA in the Conference USA Championship game last season. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about that more here in a little bit. Uh, the team I, I'm most look, looking forward to is actually UAB also joining the American Conference. Again, another team that has looked really good here ever since they reinstated, reinstated their program just a few years ago. Uh, they've played really well in Conference USA. They've won a few titles there. They made the, the title game a few times on top of that as well. Um, and so if they can kind of get that program back to where it was two years ago, three years ago, 
I know they have a new head coach, Trent Dilfer, going in there. Obviously, I, I think there was a lot of questions around that team. Uh, you know, they had the, their head coach had to step away suddenly just before the season started. Uh, and as, as unfortunate as that is, that always is going to set your program behind the eight ball. And you could tell they, they just couldn't get any momentum together. Uh, but a full offseason under Trent Dilfer, um, you know, a, a former Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's also done really good things at high school so far. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can translate that to the college game. Uh, we're going to know very quickly in a, a few games for them. But they have a couple games on their schedule where if, if they are clicking, if they're playing well, they can upset some really good teams. Uh, so U, UAB is going to be a lot of fun to watch in that conference as well. Um, obviously, the, the other big thing that we're going to talk about with the group of five um, is the the team that's going to make it into the New Year's Six Bowl. Um, last year we had Tulane make it, and then they upset USC. Before that, we had Cincinnati make it. So obviously the, the last few years, the team that makes the New Year's Six Bowl has come from the American. Um, but I, who do you have picked this year as your, your New Year's Six Cinderella coming from the group of um yeah so i i kind of have uh two lane i feel like is is a good choice um just because they had a great season last year if they're able to kind of keep that momentum going um i think utsa in, in having a really great season last year is also uh another great choice but now they're going to be going against a team like Tulane. so uh well at some point right um yeah so so i i just I think that it might be a little bit more difficult for either of those teams to make it in, or they might give themselves a better opportunity, kind of um, lesser quality version of like what we see with Michigan, Ohio state, Penn state, and that there's a chance for two of those three teams to get in, you know, even if only one of them are making it. So uh, I don't know that we see, I, I, I don't know. I'm a sleeper pick with CUSA I'm middle Tennessee. I think that that's the team that they ended hot last year. I think that they could really shock some people. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a terrible pick. Um, personally, I, I think I'm going to stick with uh, Tulane just because of, of the season that they had last year. Now, they do have a, a rough start to the schedule. Uh, they play uh, South Alabama, who had a, a, an incredible year last year. And their uh, Power 5 school this year is going to be Ole Miss. Uh, obviously, you know, you know what Lane Kiffin can do at Ole Miss early in the season. Um, but I, if you look back to last year, if they were able to flip two of those games, I mean, you could make arguments that Tulane belonged in the playoff. Uh, they beat a, a Power 5 school, and not just a, any Power 5 school. It was Kansas State who went on to win the Big 12 championship. Um, they lost a tight game or you know, early in the season to UCF. They revenged that to win the conference title. Um but I mean, they they had this schedule last year that if if they were able to you know get a little bit more magic and a couple more breaks here and there, um, you know, we could have been talking about them in a sense of you know being maybe being snubbed from the playoffs rather than just making, uh, you know, a New Year's Six bowl. But I think with the talent they're bringing back, and I'm going to talk about them more here in a minute, um, the talent they're bringing back and just the, the momentum they have behind them after last season and upsetting. USC at the Cotton Bowl, and not just any USC. You know, this is a Heisman Heisman winner. Caleb Williams was playing. They didn't, you know, they weren't resting people, um, and they were able to pull off a heck of a comeback and win that game. Uh, I'm going to stick with Tulane as my I, New Year's Six pick. I need to re retract my uh, Middle Tennessee. Uh, I was looking at my notes wrong and did not realize that they start out against Alabama and then Missouri. Um, yeah, so not Middle Tennessee. <laughs> uh, but – yeah, I was looking at the notes wrong. Um, yeah, I I think that 
if you're going to go with Tulane, I'm going to go uh, UTSA. I, I think that the winner of of that game there has a really good chance at being able to set themselves up to be the the leading group of five, you know, to to kind of be the representative. But um, I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and let's dive into our individual conference previews, starting with the American. Uh, again, highly touted. They do lose some key schools like Cincinnati and UCF, and, and Houston has slowly progressed back into a top-tier team in that conference. Uh, they move over to the Big 12, but I, I feel like their additions are, are you know, kind of equal the sums of what left. Uh, you know, They added a lot more schools than they lost, and I think the, the schools that they had, like UTSA, North Texas, UAB, are really good additions to that conference. It's going to keep this, you know, I, I, I like, I always called uh, the American, you know, like the, the, the power six school, the six power school. Um, and I, I think they're, they're going to kind of keep that moniker in my mind uh, just because overall, I think their, their talent pool is, is kind of up there. And, and we've seen, you know, American schools upset a lot of power five schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so first things first, uh, who is your winner uh, for the American conference? I'm going with Tulane. I don't want it to be Tulane just because you rode the green wave into the ground last season. But, uh, I mean, they you rode it the entire season, and it worked out great until the end, I guess. But, uh, I, I yeah, I, th- I think that Tulane is going to be able to pick up where they dropped it. All the things that you had just list, listed, um, I think they're going to be able to bring back uh, that same type of mentality and everything. Uh, I do think that UTSA is able to challenge them with this, but – I think that Tulane ultimately comes out uh, with the win. Yeah. Um, I'm going with Tulane as well. Their, their star QB, Michael Pratt, returns. Uh, he threw for over 3,000 yards last year and 27 touchdowns. Uh, they did lose their star running back that really kind of carried that offense in, in, in a nice balance. But they did get a, a nice transfer portal uh, additions there. Um, I think the, the big thing that helps them to, on the path to repeating is Cincinnati and UCF both lost. Now, they, I know they lost to UCF in the regular season, but they did beat Cincinnati, and then, again, they avenged that loss to UCF. Um, they, they do have that rough start, like I talked about, a tough game against uh, South Alabama, and they play Ole Miss. The weird thing about that Ole Miss game is that it's actually at home. I'm kind of surprised Ole Miss is going on the road to a group of five school. Uh, but nonetheless, it's going to be a really interesting game and, and week two to watch. Uh, they're also looking to avenge a loss to Southern Miss. Uh, they lost that game early in the season as well last year. So – you know, this is a team that it can be, you know, another really good season, kind of 10 and 2 area, sneak into that New Year's Six Bowl. But if they can get a couple breaks to go their way, especially in that Ole Miss game, again, I, I think this is absolutely a team that we could talk about, you know, with an outside shot at making the playoffs. Um, which, which team in the conference are you picking as your biggest improvement heading into the 2023 season? Um, So – it's it's not overall like a, a big thing. I I guess I would say. I mean I I'm gonna go with uh with UAB and just that I think that they're going to be able to kind of capitalize with this move. It's fresh start. Um, I I have them kind of sitting around that three four mark at the end of the season in the conference, which I think is great for them, seeing as though that they took I think fifth in their conference in CUSA last year. Uh, just in in conference play, you know. Uh, so. I think them being able to switch conferences and kind of sit around that three, four mark is, is, is a big improvement for them. Um, but yeah, that I'm going to go with UAB plus their helmets are sick. Yeah. 
no, I, I think UAB is absolutely a team that, I mean, we just talked about them. I think they can surprise a lot of people. I'm just kind of interested to see on if Guilford can translate his success mm-hmm. at the high school level into this level. Um, we'll see that a couple weeks in, but that's just the one thing I'm kind of waiting to see before I'm fully sold on, on UAB. Uh, my pick this year, I'm going to go with Eastern Carolina. There's a lot of doubt surrounding them because they're they're not returning any starters on the offensive line, and that 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 is huge. Um, but three of their losses last year came to top tier schools in the American. Uh, they lost to Cincinnati and Houston, who are now gone. Their other loss was to, to Tulane. Um, they do have a difficult start to the year, uh, but I think that they're going to be able to bounce back. Um, and if they can get some of those close games that they had at the, last season. Um, one of those was, you know, a week one loss to North Carolina State, which really, I mean, they should have won. Their kicker just, you know, kind of forgot what he was doing, I guess. Um, but, uh, I mean, they, they have uh, SMU and Tulane. They're playing at Eastern Carolina this year. Uh, they're at UTSA and at Navy, and I think those are going to be their toughest road games. Um, really? I, yeah. Conference. Cause, oh, okay, in conference. I was gonna say because yeah. they start out against Michigan, right? No, yeah, no, I, yeah. Like I said, <laughs> yeah. they have a rough start, and yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. yeah okay. No, I'm not picking them to beat Michigan, and, and you know, hopefully, if they can make it through that game without a lot of injuries, if they can kind of maybe hang around for a quarter or two mm-hmm. and instill some confidence in that team, that could be a huge boost. Uh, or we can see what happened to Colorado State last year, who had a decent team around them. They went up there to Ann Arbor, they got beat up in a hurt, uh, and just dismantled, and they kind of just flattened out their whole season. Um, but yeah, in conference, in yeah, conference, yeah, this I was understand a tough what you're saying. Sorry, um, but I, I think they're getting enough uh, enough transfers in, and also Coach Houston is building a really good program ever since he joined there. I believe he's going to his fifth year now. He is, um, and so I, I think he has enough of a culture there um, and, and enough, um, you know, kind of an established format for his team that he can bring these new transfers in. He he can you know instill that next man up uh, mentality. I think Eastern Carolina is going to be fine if they can just make it through this first couple weeks. Uh, Michigan, Marshall, and Appalachian State, you know, three very tough games to start with. Um, but, you know, luckily they get Gardner, Webb, and Rice as their next two games. So, you know, um, I don't mean to downplay those games at all, but if you're going to play any two teams after, um, you know, a tough three-game opening schedule like that, a, a, an FCS school and, and Rice are you know, two teams I would want to play. Um who do you have as your, your biggest disappointment this year or your most a team that you think is going to decline a lot from what you saw last year in the American? Um, so I'm going to go with this as in like they're going to be a big disappointment this year. It's going to kind of mimic last year. But um, I think USF is just going to have another like 1-11 season or whatever mm-hmm. the deal is. I think that it's going to be tough for them to change any of what happened last year, maybe a game or two, but I mean, two and 10, one and 11, it's, it's not good. Um, one of the good things that is coming for them, uh, I'll talk about here in a couple of minutes with the stadium and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, they ended the season on a 10 game losing streak, which is just really, really rough. So, so I mean, they lost week one, won the second week and then lost the next 10 games of the season, which is just, it just, has to be super demoralizing and just disappointing for everybody involved because uh, even if you know you're going to a school like the guys that were recruited in before last year that'll be playing this season on USF, um, you you sat as a red shirt or whatever last year and you watched the team happen like that and you're just hoping that this season is the same. But, yeah. I mean, you have to have drastic changes for, <laughs> for something like that to change. 
So what, yeah. what are your thoughts? Um, the, the team I picked is SMU. Uh, I, I don't think SMU is going to be bad, and I'm looking at this in the sense of I think a lot of people are picking them to be a, a team that can compete for the conference championship. I don't think they're quite there yet. I, I think that, I mean, their, their biggest loss is, is Tanner Mordecai, who transfers over to Wisconsin. Uh, the absolute star QB, and I understand that their, their Preston Stone is going to be taken over this year. Got reps last year, you know, did play. Uh, I just, I think that offense overall takes a step back. I mean, they, they had one of the best offenses in the country, 12th in scoring, 7th overall in passing offense. Uh, it's hard to replace a guy like Mordecai in the heart and soul he was of that offense. I mean, you think of some of those games they played last year. Uh, the Houston one is, the, is obviously the one that sticks out, 77 to 63. Uh, I remember watching college football on that Saturday, and every five minutes they were cutting in saying, okay, uh, there's another touchdown in this game. Um, and so I, I think overall the offensive production takes kind of a step back. Um, and they do have difficult uh, – so they play Oklahoma, TCU, Eastern Carolina, and Memphis – uh, all on the road. I think those are very difficult road games. Uh, they also play Louisiana Tech, who I think is going to be a very good team out of the Conference USA. Um, so not a lot of like easy breaks for this team. And if you know if that offense isn't clicking, especially right from the beginning, and I mean, I understand Oklahoma might not be what you know we're used to seeing out of them, especially after last season. Um, if they're unable to get their offense clicking early in those games, it's going to be difficult to do it once you know we get farther into the season. Uh, and so I'm not saying, you know, this is going to be a team that misses a bowl game or anything. Uh, I just don't think they're, they're going to be up there competing for the, the conference title. Like I, I feel like a lot of people are picking them to do. Um, do you have one team within the American conference that we didn't talk about here that just kind of intrigues you, uh, you know, any storylines from the off season that you want to talk about or anything? Um, I mean, I think that you touched really good on ECU and, and their, their losses being against, uh, two teams that are leaving uh, and, and that being a great opportunity. And so I, that was the only thing that I was going to, to possibly bring up, but you, you explained it greatly. Yeah. All right. So let's move over to conference USA. Um, and again, we, we talked about all the teams that left. Uh, they bring four new ones in. Um, who are you taking as your winner of conference USA this year? So for the conference USA, I am going with MTSU on this one because of it being in conference. Uh, I think that they're going to open the season up with two butt whoopings and then <laughs> they're going to have uh, a chance to hit the ground running. Uh, they've really ended the season hot last year. Uh, I think they have like uh, ended on a four game winning streak. Uh, so I think that it's, it's going to be a rough start, but I think the team is, is kind of used to that winning nature after any, the last third of the season last year with wins and, and just really ending on a great note going into the summertime, obviously, uh, you can plan as much as you want, but when you're going up against Alabama as your first game, you just kind of have to use that as a practice. Make sure that everyone knows like what they're supposed to be doing. You know, this is your first opportunity to play uh, live against another team that doesn't know what's going on. You know, it's not your co yeah. your team doing first offense against first defense. It's like complete difference. So uh, I think it'll be a great tune-up game for them um, and and Alabama. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that it'll give them a chance to kind of play. I, I think it honestly will give them a better chance to play against Missouri that second week. Then they might be able to to get it a little closer. But we'll see. Landon's disagreeing with me, but we'll see. Um, I'm going to go with Western Kentucky. Just back to Middle Tennessee State here real quick. Um, and I'm going to talk about them more here in a little bit. Um, and mainly looking at that Alabama matchup. 
we saw them play Alabama play Utah State last year and just completely dismantle them. And Utah State got super banked up and they took what was supposed to be, you know, another high caliber season competing for the Mountain West. Uh, and, and they just kind of fell flat the rest of the season because they had so many injuries to try and overcome from that game. So with Middle Tennessee State, obviously neither one of us are predicting them to upset Alabama. But if they're able to make it through that game, you know, let's score a couple touchdowns. Alabama's defense is, is what they pride themselves on every season. Hey, let's go out there. Let's put some points up. Let's stay healthy mainly. And if we can make it through there, um, you know, Missouri isn't the cream of the crop in the SEC. They're definitely improving. But, you know, if that's – I mean, we saw them go up uh, – Middle Tennessee State go and beat Miami last year. Uh, you know, maybe they can go out there hang with Missouri like you just said. Possibly even pull off a win. Who knows? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, as far as my winner, I'm going to go with Western Kentucky. Uh, Austin Reed returns and – it's offense year in year out is, is always one and two or, you know, at least top five in, in passing efficiency and, and passing yards and all this other stuff. Um, he threw for 4,744 yards last year. So obviously, you know, their, their passing offense is, is you know, they, they love the air raid over there. Um, if he can just be a little bit more consistent, he had 11 interceptions last year. Uh, if he can limit those turnovers, but also just kind of make a little bit better read and, and mature as a quarterback, I think Western Kentucky is, is going to have an absolutely fantastic season. Excuse me. Um, they do have uh, a rough start to the season. They go to Ohio State and to Troy. Uh, the Ohio State one is obviously going to be very difficult. Uh, but Troy is a game they, that they can win. Uh, they just need to play smart, be healthy. Um, and, you know, if they can make it through their one-and-one, I, I think that, that they're off to the races once they get to conference play. Uh, they have a, a very favorable schedule. Um, and I think, like I said, if, if they can just stay healthy, uh, get through that uh, Ohio State game, I think uh, they are absolutely primed and ready to win the conference again. Um, who do you have as your uh, biggest improvement in, in the conference? Uh, I think Liberty. I think Liberty joining in here is uh, going to be great for them. I mean, they had a solid season last year, and now they're kind of joining what I would consider is uh, a lesser version of what the conference USA was last year, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of their, their, uh, uh, I don't know, plethora of teams or I, I guess how, however you would say it. But, um, I think that them being able to, I think there were like eight and four, nine and three, something like that you know, last year, you know, kind of a, a pretty decent season, um, uh, as an independent playing against teams that, uh, are kind of all over, you know, in terms of style of offense and defense, just different things. I mean, you're just playing everyone. Uh, I think them playing in the Conference USA is going to be a great opportunity for them. And and I really I, – I have them uh, as as second in the conference at the end of the year. So, yeah, I think that this is going to be a great opportunity for them. Absolutely. Uh, my, my biggest improvement in, in Conference USA, I'm going to go with Louisiana Tech. Uh, they went three and nine last year, two and six in the conference. A lot of those losses have now left. Uh, last year they lost to North Texas, Rice, UTSA, Charlotte, and UAB. Uh, so all schools that are no longer in that conference now. Obviously, that doesn't mean that they're automatically going to you know beat the teams replacing them. But I think overall, um, the, um, they they get a new QB in and Hank Bachmeyer. He transferred in from Boise State. Uh, hopefully, he can get some consistency on that offense. They can put up a couple more points. Uh, they also lost a lot of really close games last year. Rice and FAU uh, both went into overtime. Uh, they had another game that was a one-possession game. Um, the defense last year was ranked 128th in the country in scoring and 130th in rushing. So if they can just like 
your minor improvements, if they can get inside the top 100 on defense, uh, this is a team that can definitely win more than three games this season. Uh, I think they can get up there, maybe even get bowl eligible this year. So they do have a rough schedule. Uh, they go to SMU. Um, they have North Texas at home, but they also travel to Nebraska. Um, so definitely the makings of a rough start to the season. Uh, they also travel to Middle Tennessee State, uh, but and, excuse me, and Liberty. Uh, but they get Sam Houston at home and Western Kentucky at home. So you know, favorable matchups there. Um, not picking them to win the conference by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, this is definitely a team I think that they can get back to bowl eligibility this year. Um, who do you have as your your most declined team or your biggest disappointment in conference USA? Um, going with Jacksonville State. Uh, I. Think that them getting into the conference and everything is going to be great down the road, uh, but I think that they just got their team slaughtered. Basically, I mean, everyone and their mother that went to the team in the last two years left. <laughs> so I mean, uh, it, it would it would be like um, who'd you say it was Utah State that got really injured? Yeah. yeah so I mean, it, it would be like you're, in, I don't know, like let's say fourteen of your starters from offense and defense. Uh, getting injured and being out for the season and you having to play with backups in all of those positions, you know? Um, now, obviously with recruiting and stuff like that, uh, retro freshman from last year, everyone that is going to get their opportunities this year, uh, that, that might be different. I could be wrong, but I just think when you lose that many guys from the team, you lose the head coach. It, it's, you got to start from fresh. And I think that that's where the coach has to start with. So that's why I think that this season might kind of be a lackluster for them. Absolutely. Uh, here's where I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. So I actually put Middle Tennessee State here as, as my biggest mm-hmm. disappointment in the conference. Uh, I think just with the way that their schedule starts, traveling to Alabama and Missouri, uh, they also travel to Western Kentucky. They have Colorado State. Luckily, that's at home. But I think Colorado State is going to be a, a, a much improved school uh, to, to play against. Um, last year, I, I feel like that Miami win just sparked a lot of confidence and kind of carried them to a few extra wins. I, I don't see a, you know, a big-time win coming like that. Um, and they also travel uh, to Liberty as well and New Mexico State, who I'm going to talk about here in a minute. Um, so I don't see them, like you said, you're, you're kind of picking them to win the conference maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say they're, they're going to kind of finish middle of the pack um, and just be not a terrible year, but definitely a, a, a down year from what I, I feel like you and other people are expecting out of them. Um, Who's one team in, in the conference that you want to talk about that we haven't yet? Uh, I had just kind of gone again with Jacksonville State and that it's yeah. – <laughs> I, I think that it's it's really going to be uh, a tough go around this year. I think that if they go in expecting that, if they're not, you know, getting down on themselves, realizing that, like, they're they're going to be in a, in a growing and building period right now. You know, they have to uh, – I think Coach Prime, when he was there, had talked about the culture and everything like that. They have to change the culture of of kind of the stigma that's probably been going around there for months since uh, Dion left, you know? I mean, he left. What? So, Dion was at Jackson State? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Jesus. I was with well, you all, so you started talking about Dion. I was like, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay, well then no but but jackson state's gonna be rough off this year i'll tell you that yeah. <laughs> um the team the team i'm gonna talk about is uh new mexico state um i mean I, I was pretty high on the aggies towards the end of last year they made it a bowl for the first time since 2017 
and I think Jerry Kill, who was, I feel like doing solid things at Minnesota before his health concerns came in and he had to step away. And then they brought in um, Mr. Row the Boat and kind of got shafted out of a job at Minnesota. Um, he returned to Mexico State with, with passion. And he's, he's the man for this job, and he showed that last year getting them. The five wins, they had the waiver to, to be able to play Valparaiso to get that win to count so they could make the bowl. But, you know, I, I don't think anybody expected them to win that bowl game. And they showed up and they dominated that game. So um, they have actually, I, I feel like, a, a pretty decent schedule to start. It's very possible that they are 6-1 and one in mid-October and bowl eligible already. Uh, I mean, now, granted, that's a lot of things need to go their way and, and, and be right. Um, but I think this is a team that we're, we're not going to see like in the past, make a bowl game and then disappear for five years. Uh, I think Coach Kill is going to have this team consistent, competing for bowls, and then maybe in a few years competing for the conference title. Uh, so I'm really excited to see where New, where New Mexico State ends up in a few years. Um, and I think this, is, this year is going to be a, a huge step for them you know, to, to get up there. Um, next conference up is going to be uh, the MAC. The MAC is one of my favorite conferences. I love Tuesday night football. Uh, so God bless the MAC for giving that to us. Um, and also year in year out, it's the, the craziest conference. Whoever you think is going to do really well tends to suck. Everything's going <laughs> to suck. Ends up winning. Everybody's six and six. Uh, and the, the two teams playing for the conference championship had to get in on like six tiebreakers. Um, so I, I love the MAC, and I'm I'm super excited to preview it. Uh, first things first, who do you have winning the MAC this year, Slade? Um, yeah, so I don't know if this is a wild pick or not, but I have, uh, Eastern Michigan, uh, winning, <laughs> winning. um, I think that them ending this last season on a four game win streak, kind of like I talked about with the previous team. Uh, there we go. Perfect. Oh, I didn't get the match. I have that same shirt. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think them ending the season on a four game win streak is going to be able to give them that kind of momentum going into next season. And I think that really, uh, if they're able to build on that, it, it might be hard to stop them, especially because looking at their schedule, I mean, the week two against Minnesota, uh, that's definitely uh, will be a tough matchup for them. But they're going to be uh, also away against Toledo, which is later in the season. So it'll give them time to kind of be like they're either – I think they're going to be an all-or-nothing team. I think they're going to be all – like they're going to be first in conference or they're going to be like an eight and four team. Uh so, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I actually like that Eastern Michigan pick, but I'm going to go with Ohio. Uh, I, I think they're returning so much on offense. Uh, Sam, uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that last name, uh, but is, is returning at, at quarterback. Uh, they won seven straight games last year before they lost the conference championship game to Toledo. Uh, so, I, I think that they're, they're going to be out for blood a little bit. Now, they do have a, a somewhat difficult schedule. They travel to San Diego State, who is always a hit-or-miss team. Um, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun there. Uh, but they also get Iowa State at home, which I found very surprising. Uh, like I said earlier, it's weird for a Power 5 school to travel to a Group 5 school. The fact a Big 12 team is traveling to a MAC, uh, a MAC team, I find absolutely wild. Mm -hmm. um, but in conference, I, I think they, they have a pretty generous schedule. Uh, I think the toughest game is going to be traveling to Buffalo. Um, Buffalo is in the team that finished second last year. They're going to be hungry as well. Um, but uh, Ohio hasn't won the MAC since 1968. They are desperate to end that, uh, and I think this is the year that they do it. Um, who do you have as your most improved team in the MAC? 
Uh, I went with Kent State. Um, I think that they were a rush powerhouse last year. They had the most rushing yards average of all teams in the MAC, and I think that if they're just able to get some defense going on that team, that I mean, they could just continue to run the ball all over everyone and just just I think they averaged over like two hundred some yards a game. I mean, it's it's really I think that they need to just adopt it that they need to be a rush powerhouse and that. Mm-hmm. They just need to get everything else to kind of fall in line. So then you just start focusing on maybe more of the defense. Uh, but yeah, that's, I went with Kent state. Um, I went with Northern Illinois. They went three and nine and two and six in the conference last year. Um, they had a, a brutal non-conference schedule and the wheels just kind of came off. They were beat up a lot. Um, and then throughout the season, the injuries just seemed to pile up on top of that. Um, if they can get somewhat healthy and they do have a, little bit easier schedule um I, I think that they they could be competing for a bowl game again and who knows and like i said earlier with as crazy as the mac is everybody might be six and six and, and you know who knows maybe they can sneak their way back into the title game um they they won the conference just two years ago and then you know they turned on last year they go three nine two and six um so i mean the pedigree is there uh last year they played at tulsa they had vanderbilt at home they went to kentucky and then to ball state uh, this year, I, they open at Boston College, which I'm not expecting big things out of. So a winnable Power 5 game there. Um, but they also travel to Nebraska as well. So, um, but I mean, they're, they're not playing Kentucky again, who was ranked eighth when they played them last year, you know. Um, so a little bit more favorable and generous. So I hope they can get a couple more bounces their way uh, mm-hmm. and end up with a win. Uh, who do you have as your most uh, disappointing or, or, or team that's going to take a, a regression? Yeah, so regression, I actually went opposite of you. I went with Ohio. I think that they were so close, and like you said, they're so desperate for that MAC championship. I think that they're going to be so desperate that they end up losing a critical game against Buffalo, and it just makes it uh, unable. It, it, it would just make it unable for them to replicate last season if they lose to Buffalo, I feel. So I think that that along with being so close and not getting the MAC championship, I think that those two things would be a regression for them. And I think that they would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, I went with Bowling Green. Uh, they, they get uh, Carter Basilek uh, from Indiana transferring in. Uh, I think the schedule and their tendency to play close games, they won, I think, four games that were within 10 points last year. Um, I, I think just with how difficult their schedule is for them this season, and kind of having, while you do have a good transfer coming in, you, you still have to rebuild all that, that timing, that trust, and everything that goes into making an offense work. Um, I think that, again, I'm not expecting a huge setback, but I'm not, they might be fighting to, to be bull eligible this year, it would, would be my prediction. Um, is there a team in the MAC that we haven't talked about yet that you want to talk about before we move on? Um, no, I think that just, I guess, with my predictions, I think that Buffalo could be a sneaky team, uh, just in if they are able to kind of, you know, have a great season and then get that win against Ohio. But other than that, not really. Yeah. Um, the team I was going to talk about, uh, you brought up as, as your conference winning pick. Uh, I went with Eastern Michigan. They were just, I just wanted to talk about them because they were so much fun to watch last year. They upset Arizona State on the road. That got Herm Edwards fired from Arizona State. Um, they were a three-point loss to Toledo away from making the MAC championship game. Um, and I, I think um, they are, are primed to, to do it again. Uh, they have never made three consecutive bowl games in school history. If they were able to get eligible this year, that'll make three straight. 
Um, they've also won, I believe, two straight bowl, or I, I think it was they never won back-to-back bowl games. So that's another goal for them this season as well. Um, but um, you know they they did lose their their star QB Taylor Powell, but uh, Austin Hill or Austin Smith, excuse me, I got him confused with NASCAR racer. Austin Smith um, played there last year. He actually led uh, Eastern Michigan to the upset over Arizona State. So he he has quality playing time. Um, I, I think that they are a, a, an outside dark horse pick to be the group of six for, or group of five representative uh, for the New Year's Six Bowl. Um, so, and, and you know, we, I just talked about Ohio. They haven't won since 1968. Eastern Michigan hasn't won since 1987. That's the MAC conference. So uh, a lot of fun storylines happening in the MAC this year. And, and like I said, I love me some Tuesday night football. Uh, so I'm excited for that to come back. Uh, let's go over to the Mountain West. Um, one of the more interesting conferences last year, uh, just with, you know, the, the, the turnover up and down that a lot of these teams faced. Who do you have uh, winning the Mountain West this year, Slade? I went with Air Force. Um, I think that they had a really great end to the season. Uh, I mean, I'm going to continue to go back to this, but the end of the season with a five-game winning streak, uh, I think the fact that they went 10-3, and 5-3 and three in conference, meaning the only three losses came in conference. So they really need to focus on those, on those games, especially, I mean, they only lost one game at home. Uh, if they could just pick up one of those uh, away conference games, I think that they have a really great chance at the season. Um, I think that, uh, let me look here. Sorry. Uh, I mean, their, their schedule, I mean, they play Robert Morris first game of the season. <laughs> Sam Houston State is an away game, which, like you had said, they had a great game last year. Uh, Sam Houston State did a uh, uh, very memorable game. But I think that if they're able to kind of capitalize on some things, I think that they could really make things happen this year. 10-3 and three last year was a great season. I think that they're just a couple changes away from changing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like Air Force is a team that could possibly go 11-1 with that schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, to me, their hardest game is they traveled to Boise State, uh, also mm-hmm. Colorado State, uh, again, who I'm expecting big things out of this year. Um, but then, of course, you have the, the Army uh, yeah, the Army and Navy games as well. Uh, yep. It's always hard fought. Um, but I'm going to go with Boise State to win this year. Uh, they fell short last year. They lost to Fresno State in the conference championship game. Um, they do have a difficult non-conference schedule. They go to Washington, and they have UCF at home, so two schools. Uh, two power five schools this year um, that are, are definitely going to give them a, a headache, but also two very, very winnable games. Um, I, I think they're bringing enough veteran leadership back on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and their, their defense was one of the best in the country last year, 15th in scoring fifth in passing defense, uh, seventh in total defense. Um, and their, their quarterback, uh, Taylor Green was insane to watch at times last year. Uh, So I'm expecting a well-balanced team to come out of Idaho this year, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So I'm going to take Boise State to win the conference. Uh, Who is your most improved team for 2023 in the Mountain West? Yeah, I mean, this might be pretty similar based on what you've been saying recently, but Colorado State, I think that they're going to be a greatly improved team. I think, like you had said, uh, uh, they went 3-9 and last year with their three wins coming in conference, going 3-5. and I think that uh, realistically – there's no place but up for them. And with all the great news coming out of there, everything that you've already said, um, I think that it would be really hard for them not to have like a nine and four season or something like that, which would be great for their program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Jay Norvell is one of the best, you know, underrated head coaches in college football. Uh, he's turned around at two programs now. Um, it, one of them being Nevada, his conference rival. Uh, he goes over to Colorado State. Again, three and nine, rough last year, but you know they they went on the road. They played Michigan. It, it's difficult to take a fifty-one to seven shellacking and then be confident about your season going forward. Uh, and then they also play Middle Tennessee State uh, and then Washington State. So not an easy start to the, the season. Now this year they do still play Washington State and at Colorado. Uh, I'm very excited for that Colorado game. I think the Buffaloes themselves are getting, still getting their feet under them at that point. This is definitely a game the Rams can go out there and win. I, I'm, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that game in week two. Um, just the only thing I want to add on top of that uh, that is kind of intriguing, when Jay Norvell took over uh, Nevada, he went 3-9 and nine in his first season, just like Colorado State did. Year two, he went 8-5. and five. I'm not saying he's going to do that here. And, I said 9-4. Uh, and yeah, if, if he's able to get 9-4, and 8-5, and five, that would be huge. But he, even if he can just get them the bowl eligibility, mm-hmm. um, that would be awesome. Uh, Colorado State is pouring a ton of money into this program. Uh, they, they used to be a very proud team, and you know, they, Steve Adazio went in there, took it over, and ruined that 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 program. Um, and so, I think Jane Novell is is putting the work in. Uh, they also they they have one of the best stadiums in the Mountain West. Everybody talks about Boise State's blue turf, but mm-hmm. stadium wise, Colorado State is one of the best. And they also just signed a deal. Um, I think all but two of the state championship football games are going to be held there. Um, and so that's huge for recruiting. You, you know, guys are coming to your campus. They're going to see it. They're going to see the stadium. Um, and that does help a lot in recruiting. And so I think Colorado State is a program on the rise. And you know, two or three years from now, we could be talking about them being a, a perennial contender to win the Mountain West title. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Who do you have as your most declined team? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that I'm going with Boise. And just because I think that they're going to have uh, – I mean, they start the season out as 15-point underdog against Washington on the road. And then they go home against UCF, who I think that that could be a very close game. Depends on uh, what's going on with UCF's team at the time. But uh, they also play Colorado State, like we had talked about, which I don't know if that will be as close of a game. But I'm hoping for Colorado State that it is. Um, and I think that – playing Fresno State and Arizona State uh, in their last four games of the season, uh, both possible losses if they already have two losses. I mean, they're they're still sitting at 10-4 like they were last season, but three conference losses would be uh, a big deal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, from my most I, – I went from the most disappointing aspect. I went with Utah State. Last year, they had a down year again. We talked about it a lot because they played Alabama. They got super beat up, and they just had no momentum going forward from there. Uh, but people are expecting them to bounce back this season, thinking that they're going to be back to competing for the conference title. I don't think they're going to be quite there yet. I mean, they have a very difficult schedule in my eyes this year. Um, I don't think Cooper, Coop, yeah, Cooper Legas, um, is ready. I don't, I just don't think he hit. He's it. I don't think he's going to be the guy to lead these the, the Utah State Aggies back to you know dominating the Mountain West and, and competing for the title. Um, he has a lot of you know judgment issues uh, on the field. I'm not talking about anything off the field, but just where, where to throw the ball and just decision-making. And I, I think that he's going to be holding them back this season. Um, they travel to Iowa, Air Force, San Jose State, and UConn. It's weird saying, you know, traveling to UConn is going to be a tough game. But after last year, I, I don't think anything's off the table there. 
Uh, they also have James Madison, Colorado State, Fresno State, and Boise State at home. Um, so I think a, a super difficult schedule. I think they're going to be fighting to make a bowl game this year. Um, and, and so I, I think Utah State is going to live up to the, the hype I, I feel like a lot of people are putting into it this season. Um, one conference left. It's the Sun Belt Conference. Um, last year, 2022, was a year of the Sun Belt. The, they were upset in Power 5 schools left and right. Uh, they beat Nebraska. Texas A&M, uh, and then you had the Appalachian State Detroit game. College game day was there. One of the wildest finishes you'll ever see to a college football game. We thought it was, it was already bad enough week two or week one mm-hmm. um, when App State played North Carolina, and that went to overtime after an insane comeback. So all the focus is on the Sun Belt last year. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see if it's more of the same this season. Um, first things first, who do you have winning the Sun Belt Conference this year, Slade? Yeah, so I, I kind of really thought about this a lot. It's, I think it's going to be whoever comes out of the West in uh, South Alabama or Troy. Uh, for all intents and purposes, I'm going to go with uh, South Alabama. I think that they start the season off very rough. Like uh, They play Tulane first game of the season, uh, and they're underdogs already in that game. And then third week of the season, they play Oklahoma State. Uh I think that those two games, if they're able, I mean, like if they were able to upset Tulane or even get close with Oklahoma State, it's just a really good stepping ground for the rest of the season. Um, and then they play to uh, Troy later in the season. So if, if they were able to, you know, get out of there with only two losses start of the season and those be their only two losses, I think that would be great for them. And and really, obviously, I mean, that would be great for them if they only had two losses. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm going with them. Uh, I went with South Alabama as well. And I want to make it clear, if James Madison was able to win the conference, I would 100% take James Madison. Um, but I I think the Tulane game is going to be a battle for South Alabama. I actually think they upset Oklahoma State on the road, though. I think Oklahoma State is going to have a very down year. We saw them struggle to the ends of last season already, and then they lose Spencer Sanders through the transfer portal. So I, I think Oklahoma State is going to have a rough start to the season, especially. Uh, I think South Alabama is a team that can go to Stillwater and win that game. Um, but it, like, if they're able to go one and one in that non-conference schedule with those two schools, they also play Southeastern Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Not worried about that game as much. But you know, it, when you play in the Sun Belt, you can't take any games off. Um, but I, I feel like playing at James Madison is going to be the biggest thorn in their side. Um, aside from that, though, I, I really feel like uh, getting Marshall at home is a is a huge help. Uh, I have them going 10 and three this year. Uh, yeah. So, um, but I, I think that's enough for them to win the West. Like you said, and I, I think out of, out of whoever comes out of the West with uh, James Madison, not being eligible to play yet. Uh, I think the West runs it until, uh, until that time. Um, who do you have as your most improved team? Appalachian state. <laughs> I, I kind of went with Appalachian state. I think that we saw such electric, uh, TV ratings basically from them to start the season last year. I mean, like you had said, North Carolina and then uh, that, what was the other game against? Uh, Troy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, it seemed like they were like this amazing team, yet they finished the season six and six. Uh, so I think that them being able to kind of capitalize on that, uh, the fact that they gave up a ton of points last season. And that seemed to be a, a really big problem for them uh, throughout the season. So I think that if they're just able to kind of capitalize on defense, that they'll be able to really improve. 
this season. Absolutely. Uh, I went with Georgia State. Um, I, I think they had a brutal start to the season last year. Uh, they played at South Carolina. They had North Carolina at home, who they almost upset. Uh, and then week four was Coastal Carolina. They get a little bit easier schedule to start the year this year. They have Rhode Island, Connecticut, Charlotte, and Coastal Carolina, their first four games. Um, they returned Darren Granger, who played really well last year, was able to light up the scoreboard. I think if they can just play a little bit better defense, and they can reverse, they had four one-score losses last year. If they can flip two of those, uh, you know, this is the team that we're talking about being bowl eligible again. Um, so, again, not picking them to be, you know, competing at the top of the conference. Um, but I absolutely think that they're going to be a, a much more improved team and a, and a tough team for a lot of these Sunbelt schools to play. Who do you have as your, your biggest disappointment or a team that's going to regress from last season? Um, yeah, so I, I, I had also gone with Appalachian State because I think that they have the biggest, like, I don't think that they're going to go six and six again. I think that they're able, either able to kind of turn the table and flip uh, two, three of those games and kind of go like eight and four, or they're also able are able to regress and kind of, you know, I don't know, go three and nine or something. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful for them, but I'm also weary of their schedule. I think that they're, they're going to have a, a, a coin flip when it comes to their season, which is basically what last year was. They flip a coin and whoever scored 60 points won the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, traveling to North Carolina this year, they get East Carolina at home. Mm -hmm. Two out of the first three games are going to be difficult games for them. Uh, So absolutely, it's a coin flip season for them. I actually went with Troy. Uh, They lose Gunnar Watson. um, or I'm sorry, Gunnar Watson returns, uh, but he's very turnover prone at the QB position. Um, They also lost their top two receivers. Uh, They have a difficult schedule. They play Kansas State, James Madison, Western Kentucky, and South Alabama. I think those four games are enough to kind of slow their season down and keep them from competing for the the, the West title. Um, So I I have Troy kind of finishing a little bit more middle of the pack in the West this year rather than, you know, being one and two with South Alabama. Uh, Before we we wrap up, is there any other team in the Sun Belt that you want to talk about? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> uh, I just wanted to talk about James Madison quick. I mean, we brought yeah, them yeah. up enough. If they were eligible, uh, you know, they would probably win the, the conference uh, for the second year in a row. Um, do you want to talk about why they're not eligible? I, I do, Dude, because I mean, the NCAA den- denied their waiver, which I think yes. is yes. And, and I understand that, the you know, the, the rule was put in place to kind of protect these guys from, mm-hmm. you know, losing, you know, so many scholar or you know players to the transfer portal, and you know, hey, you're gonna you're gonna get a beat up your first few years. It's gonna be okay. Um, but the fact that James Madison came in and played it how they played, it, hit the ground running. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we had them inside our top twenty-five for a majority of the season last year. Um, for them to get that waiver denied, I, I thought was just not right. I, that doesn't sit right with me. I think they should be eligible for the postseason this year. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, they were absolutely the most surprising team in all of college football last year. Um, I think they have a realistic chance at their first Power 5 win this season. They play Virginia. Um, not expecting big things out of Virginia. That's the team that has a lot of rebuilding to do, especially after the tragedy last season. Um, but I think James Madison is primed to get their first Power 5 win. Um, they did lose their star QB, Todd Centino. Excuse me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, but James Madison has just been a factor for years, being you know the next man I'll pay. This, this guy's going to come in and he's going to take over. 
I think that their offense is going to be maybe take a slight step back. Um, but they were inside the top 40 in offensive scoring, uh, passing, rushing, and total offense. Defense was even better. Um, they ranked 24th in scoring, 41st in pass defense, second in rush defense, fifth in uh, total defense. Um, so one of the best defenses in the country. I feel like they returned so many guys on that side of the ball. Um, this might be a team that goes undefeated, and we're talking about you know how how much of a travesty it is that they, they don't get to go to a bowl game, you know, New Year's Six, or you know, even fight for their conference championship. Um, so I'm expecting big things again out of James Madison this season. Um, but that will do it for our Group of Five season preview. We are super excited um, to to bring you the Power Five starting next week. We're going to start with the Big Ten, um, just because Nick asked us to, and you know we're, we're going to abide by that. So we're going to start with the Big Ten. Lando will be dressed in his Penn State gear next week. Um, against my wishes, but he'll be dressed in his Penn State gear next week. Uh, but we're super excited. And, of course, uh, when the season starts, uh, Out of the Tunnel will return, and we're super excited to do that every Saturday morning with you guys as well. Um, hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you next week to, to preview the Big Ten. Uh, have a great rest of your guys' day. Let's go, Landon.